and we're just gonna have so much fun. And actually, we put on the the song. Uh, who let the dog out? <laughs> so we recorded it, you know, and then yeah. and then I recorded a calm intro. Hey, everybody, welcome to Creative Morning. So glad you're here. You know, don't you just love this Zoom, this parent working from home Zoom <laughs> filter? Amazing. You don't know it, but it's crazy around me right now. L- let me turn off the filter so you can see it. And then, yeah, I, I touched the camera <laughs> and it was just two video clips spliced together. That's but amazing, the end bro. part was hilarious. Like my... My daughter was swinging on a trampoline upside down. My my two year old at the time legitimately was crying because he didn't want to participate. Because <laughs> he wasn't even acting. <laughs> Welcome to the For Atlanta Podcast, where our purpose is to be the place to inspire you to learn and love Atlanta even more than you thought you could. My name is Terrence. My name is Betsy. And we are a couple of hosts for the show. Terrence. Yes. How are you doing? Listen, I'm a little bit sleepy today. Okay. I, I'm, I, you never want to tell a person they look tired. Oh, God. You don't. Thank you, Jesus. You don't. Okay. But I could sense it in your spirit. You Why are you tired? It. Well, listen, honestly, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, well, for starters, my daughter, who is six and in the first grade. So sweet. Um, I love that kid. She she's, pops up on, on Zoom calls. It's amazing. She does pop up on Zoom calls. <laughs> she thinks it's her domain sometimes. <laughs> so, like, she's she has this science project that has been in the works for couple of weeks now and the reason i say that is because it's really cool i was like we're in a global pandemic why are we still doing science projects it's a great question i guess <laughs> to build resilience okay <laughs> i mean you we're living in a science project that is facts <laughs> it's facts and i feel like in a lot of ways what we witnessed was exactly what is happening with uh this whole thing like so her project was uh rock candy Oh. Yeah, like the the hypothesis was that we had two strings and the string that had a little bit of sugar on it was going to grow the rock candy faster than the one that didn't have a little bit of sugar on it, which sounds crazy now that I say it out loud. But we're talking about a six-year-old, It's right? a six-year-old time. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, and she'll eat it, I'm sure, once At it's done. Point. Right, right. But last night, um, you know, she, I was up late because my daughter thinks that she is a YouTube star. And she might really be a YouTube star in the making. We never know. Like legit. We never she, know. She, and, and I'm going to just put it out there. She is a YouTube star, just not discovered yet. Right. That's She's it. got the persona for it. Facts. And so last night, like we had, we had the video of them and they had to talk about her and her little partner to talk about their, <laughs> <laughs> she had a lab coat and a, a, a lab partner. Wait, did they give her a lab coat or did you purchase a lab so coat? So the mom of her friend purchased mm-hmm. lab coats and goggles. And I wish you I had the video the on role. me right now. Like, listen, and they ate it up, like ate it up. But speaking of that, like I ended up having to edit the videos at the last minute, which was due today, by the way. Oh, did you do it? Did you finish? I did. And I, I think I did a trash job, though. If I'm honest. Well, we, okay. So I think we've talked about this in previous yes. podcast episodes. You are a principal, you are a lunch lady, <laughs> you are a teacher, and you a are driver. dad. <laughs> and now we're going to add to this video editor and producer. Yes. Yes. But I mean, you know, so I, I try to do what I could, but at some point you're like, man, you're six. Right. Like we're in a pandemic and we're talking about rock candy. Right. I feel like Alan Iverson just now. Let me talk about practice. I can't tell you that I remember a single science project that I did. Listen, I can tell you that I don't. Like 100%. I am sure. I don't remember any. As a teenager, as a nothing. In fact, they probably were all trash. 
Well, I don't remember doing science projects past middle school. Mm. I don't. Well, if someone in middle school could confirm for us, pr- if they or <laughs> in high school confirm us if you do science projects. But I, I don't know. I don't remember. I can't remember what happened last week, it so probably- I can't expect <laughs> remember what happened over a decade ago at this point. All I can remember is volcanoes. I feel like volcanoes were all the rape. I never had a volcano wow. as a part of a science experiment. Yeah, it's it's simple. I yeah. only saw it on TV, and I thought, is this real life? Well, my the actual volcano was ugly. Mine was, but it was just a fact that I could pour that stuff in there together and it would spill out. Well, I love that you bring that up because, you know, I think it's such a common thing for parents to feel as if they are kind of carrying multiple roles. And even our guest today, Blake Howard was talking to us about how him and his wife are trying to, you know, they have three kids Yes, and they're balancing all the responsibilities that come with, you know, and he was saying that his wife stays at home That's right, and it's still like a lot to to take care of. And uh, we want you to get to know Blake more. He is amazing. I mean, we were just sitting here as we always do having a just a jolly old time with our guests, but uh, not only is Blake fun and lively, but he just comes with a depth of like wealth and wisdom and knowledge that uh, we can't wait for you to hear about. But T, I think you know what time it is. Listen, we got to highlight this business. We got to highlight our local business. Because we're about that for Atlanta life around here. And uh, this episode, we are highlighting Happy Seed. I just love the way that sounds. sounds. fun. It makes me think of Happy Feet, which is a great movie. It it was a great movie. Happy Seed. Happy Seed. So Happy Seed is a pop-up restaurant here in Atlanta, Georgia, and their hope is that they can inspire Atlantans to eat more plant-based cuisine, which... Hey, listen, more power to you. I I mean, we're in the earlier side of the year. If you want to make some goals around eating healthier, this is the way to go. Listen, I'm a meat eater and I'm trying to eat more plants, Um, but I don't always do the best job. But I am inspired by Happy Seed because they're striving to redefine the way we think about food, um, as well as enlightening the community around us in terms of just being more healthier and sustainable. And uh, it's pretty exciting to know that we have businesses and a restaurant and, and even a community like this in Atlanta that is looking to do that. Yeah, I love that. And, it, you know, anytime you can make like plant-based alternatives, like, or just plant-based food that's accessible. Right. That's right. And accessible for everybody in the community. That's such a huge deal. It's a huge deal. So check them out on Instagram at Happy Seed. Uh, again, that's H-A-P-P-Y. S E E D, just so I can ding, make sure ding. you don't. Once you know, again, Terrence is continuing his spelling. Listen, when you were talking about Instagram handles, you have to. You have to get the spelling correct. Seriously, because if you didn't get the handle when you first started your business, then you got all types of spelling. That's right. <laughs> it, it can. I we've had to do that. You know, for those of you who know. Uh, you know, part of our, my bucket, my church, uh, church responsibilities here is part of Canopy yeah. so, Social, and when we were rebranding. Secure at Canopy Social, by the way, if you want to check it out. Look at uh, that. If you, you know, securing that handle was probably the most stressful week yeah. of my life. Facts. It's like, it's just as stressful as securing the bag. Amen. Yeah. Anyways. Mm. Look so. what we did. Well, anyway, happy see. We're grateful that you're in our community and that you make us all better. Thank you for being for Atlanta. Love that. Thank you for highlighting that. So we don't want to waste your time, guys. Nope. We're just going to go ahead and jump into the episode. Let's do it. Here's Blake Howard. Welcome to the For Atlanta Podcast, where our hope is to help you learn and love Atlanta more than you thought you could. My name is Terrence. My name is Betsy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have an incredible guest, and uh, you are going to love it. His name is Blake Howard, and Blake Howard is the man. We've already learned so much about him. Right. I almost don't want to give away all of Blake's credentials because he's so impressive. (laughs) And he's standing right in front of us being like, no, please don't do this. But uh, And it would probably 
sound better if it comes from him than, than if I had to talk about all he does. But he is one of the co-founders of Matchstick, what we call the brand identity house of the South. He leads the Atlanta chapter of Creative Mornings, a space for creatives to gather and have inspired community, as well as hosts two podcasts, maybe three. I think it's two, right? It's two. The Creative Can't Ri- handle a third. Come right. on, brother. I mean, you could. <laughs> I, I believe you could. But the Creative Rising and a Change of Brand. And when he is not dominating the world, uh, he and his family reside in Kirkwood, right? That's right. So yeah. uh, from your, you know, everything that we hear from your official bio, we're going to ask you, are you a native Atlanta or did you move here? I'm a transplant. Yes, I've sir. been here for close to 20 years, Wow! so I can claim that. But I moved here from Nashville, Tennessee. I actually grew up on a corn farm outside of Nashville, so that's a fun fact. Look at that. My dad was not a corn farmer, but we had a corn farm. <laughs> <laughs> why? I have to ask why. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was too little to really know. I just know that we weren't like a real farming family, yeah. you know what I mean? But we lived on a farm, and it was beautiful. And I remember it. We had a creek. It was a big, huge property. It was, it was awesome. Long driveway. But then I, um, yeah, I moved to Nashville in about fourth grade and then studied graphic design at the University of Tennessee, had a family friend living in Atlanta, and he was, he was a, basically a, a business that managed uh, musicians. And wow. he said, and I had interned at Sony Music, so I really liked graphic design in the entertainment world. I got to work on uh, a Joe Diffie album, Rest in Peace. <laughs> he passed away this year. It was very sad because it was like one of the first albums I designed. I also worked on a Johnny Cash album while I was there. So it was, yeah. was kind of influential and cool on, little man. internship. And so I wanted to keep doing that. And I had a friend, a family friend here. It was actually my, my brother-in-law at the time's twin brother. So my, my brother-in-law... Mm-hmm. In law or something, right? And yeah. we'll figure. We'll draw that yeah, we'll out get later. It. I don't. We'll yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that <laughs> we'll out the means. Language later. But but mm-hmm. anyway, I came and I interned for his music management business, doing graphic design. Actually, <laughs> the internship he offered me was was office admin. Like I didn't really do graphic design. <laughs> right. I, I, at the time, so they managed the band Sister Hazel. Yeah, yeah. Sister Hazel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a couple other bands similar to Sister Hazel, and I had to call music venues throughout the country and to make sure that they're like the the hazelnuts like the diehard fans were on the guest list wow that was my job i did that called around anyway <laughs> i'm still so stuck at this that, that a fan group could be called the hazelnuts well, yeah. yeah that's very yeah. clever that's very yeah. witty <laughs> come on you got believers believers yeah. hazelnuts swifties swifties yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know, it's all there that's part of it you got to do that you, you got to name it, it. branded really cool. it's not it doesn't exist until you brand it like that's that. right <laughs> And you are a branding guy. Yeah. Dude, so anyway, long gosh. long story short, I can't. I came here and uh, was doing this this internship, but ended up starting a freelance graphic design business. And you know, I didn't really know anybody here other than my brother in law's twin brother, and and packed up and, and stayed with a friend on his couch for a couple months. You know, I made zero dollars of that internship. Wow. So I valley parked cars for a little bit at. Uh, it used to be Blue Point. Now it's St. Cecilia and Buckhead. Oh. Yeah. Yep. So early 2000s, if you were, you know, doing the Tuesday martini night, I might have parked your car. <laughs> you saw him there first. Fun fact, I, I valley parked Dikembe Mutombo's car. Wow. That's cool. Yep. What a couple kind of other celebrities. It? it was a big Bentley. Huge Ooh, Bentley. Man. But interesting, I did not have to scoot up the seat when I got in. That's... Twist. Wow. <laughs> From a physics standpoint, I'm trying to figure out how that works. I think I think he was very considerate and oh, scooted the seat. He oh. seems to be a considerate. I think man. that's what happened. Okay, because I he's am a not of his stature. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm like I was asked if he felt like you were being swallowed up in his car. No, not at all. Legs. That is no. That is. I'm, 
I'm just taken aback right now by your path already. Like right. you, you told us, brother, you were born and lived on a corn farm, mm-hmm. right? You go from that to to designing stuff for albums and all this kind of stuff, and then now you're telling us that you drove to give him a Tomo's car. Yeah, I want to be your friend. Life already. Yeah, and that's only be, the start. <laughs> I want to be your friend, Blake Howard. And we're in like 2002. <laughs> right. So we've got another what? The iPhone's not even out yet. <laughs> This is good, man. <laughs> so, so anyways, so I, I started doing freelance graphic design, mostly for this company called Sixth Man, and th- they were launching um, music cruises at the time. So, really interesting business. They 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 had a fan cruise for Sister Hazel that went so well that they started to brand it the Rock Boat, and now it's it's turned into a you know huge business that that's, oh, that's all cool. that they do theme music cruises. But the, but I was doing all the key art for that, the posters, look and feel, wow, you know, helping kind of create the websites and all the you know, what at the time was sort of branding the materials. So anyway, that, that was the beginning of, of my freelance graphic design business. And there was a, a person managing bands at that company who said, Hey, you know, the music industry is going crazy. What if I managed your freelance graphic design business? Like I would a musician. Wow. I do all, I do all things, business, all the bookkeeping, all project management. You focus just on, on design. Wow. And I was like, that sounds good. Let's, let's do that. Cause yeah. I don't like those things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so that's, that was the, my business partner, Craig, and we're still to, you know, still partners today, 17 years later. That's, that's incredible, awesome. brother. Yeah. My gosh. I also want to know that you, uh, you might have the longest like stay as a transplant on the, on the, the show. So oh, 20 years, like yeah. you're, you're our top record right now. I see. Yeah. We, we kind of say, Hey, after 10 years, you get your automatic like native past. Yeah. Okay. So you've been here like double the amount of time. I like that. So far you might be our longest one. I think Mm. you are. I've I've been here 16 years. Yeah. 16. So yeah. 20 is man. You, I mean, you eat fish and grits. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? I don't know why. I came to my mind. (laughs) Hey, grits, corn, you know, corn corn fries. Full circle. Grew up on that, man. You can't get away from the corn. You can't get away from the (laughs) fritters. Corn meal, <laughs> corn on the cob. Oh god! Everything just comes back to corn, guys. That's oh, that's gosh. it. That is fantastic. So, oh, my gosh! What ties you to Atlanta still after all this time? Well, you know, it's interesting how you you do something at the time seeming simple and small, like just sort of do a freelance business. You know, like there was no grand plan to right. start an agency. It just sort of happened. I just kind of kept taking a next little step and a next step and. My business partner and I were, were enjoying working together, and I actually thought about moving back to Nashville in the early days to be with family, uh, but we just kind of kept doing our thing, and we enjoyed working together, and eventually we hired someone, and then we hired someone else, and you know, as you, as you kind of lay this foundation of your life, brick by brick, year over year, you just feel like you've put roots down mm-hmm. a little bit deeper, you know, right. and I, I, think, I think that's a big part. I think the, certainly the business keeps me here and what we're trying to do. Certainly the creative community and how I've invested in that mm-hmm. keeps me here. Our, our family now, you don't have, we don't have any direct family here, but my wife and my kids and their friends and mm-hmm. our, our community, like all of that becomes this fabric that is, you know, keeps you rooted wherever you are. That's right. Yeah. It's almost like too interwoven at this point. Yes. It would be a lot to unearth that and to yeah. move someone else so, somewhere sure. else, you know? Yeah, for sure. When you, when you, so of course <clears throat> that ties you to Atlanta, but when you think about, you know, Nashville or any other cities that you visited or been like, what is it that is special about this place? What is it special about Atlanta? Is it a community? Like, what is it for you that is, is very special about it? 
I think there's two things. One, the creative community in Atlanta is rich mm-hmm. and plentiful. Like we are not perceived or known as a global creative city, but we really should be. Yeah. You know, if you look at the art scene here, all kinds of different practices or crafts of art. I mean, so much happens and is created in Atlanta and ripples out into the world. So whether it's marketing or advertising or music or dance or uh, fine arts, you know, like so much in the creative scene is, is happening here. And so I think that's really unique, especially in the South. I think that's really unique. I I feel like we're the cultural hub of the South and maybe even becoming more so than just limited to the South, you know? So I, I think that's important. And I love that. And then secondly, I think the diversity here is unlike most other places where you just you just have such rich cultural history or interaction that that I think is really special. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's that's really important. It, where we live in Kirkwood, having diverse families around our kids is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in Middle Tennessee, <laughs> going back to the corn farm. Right. There were a lot of white people around. <laughs> so, That's so, you know, man. changing that up a little hey, bit. You switch it up. Is yeah. a really, really good thing. And, and we love the vision of that for our family. Mm. That's incredible, man. I, like, so I think about that from the perspective of, as you mentioned, the hub of art, right? Like in thinking about, so a, a couple of episodes back, I believe it was, we had, I guess her name is LaShondra Butler-Burks. And she had on a shirt that, that, as she walked in and said, Atlanta influences everything. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And it's like, it does. And and even like, of course, one of the things that we talk about here is this Atlanta being, you know, the birthplace of of MLK, but also outcast, right? Like you Mm. get the combination of those things. And again, it makes me thinking about an outcast moment. Like years ago, I remember it's like the source awards or something, hip hop and Andre 3000 at the time, said the South got something to say. That's right. You were like, because at the time we were kind of being disrespected and slighted and they felt like we made terrible art and music and all this kind of stuff. And when he said that, it was very prophetic. And I think a lot of what you were just talking about, the community, like the the international flavor, the the diversity of all of that, it, it's kind of been woven together to create this place and this space. And I, I, I totally agree with you, man. I think that is awesome, brother. Yeah, I love that Andre 3000 quote. Yes, sir. It's good. It's really good. And the the Atlanta influences everything. I was thinking of the same thing. My my friend, Bame Jorner, started that with some other folks. Oh, that's crazy. And I know him through Creative Mornings. That's right. So he's been involved in the creative community through Creative Mornings for years. Comes to every every event. and, And he's talked about those types of things forever. I mean, there is a lot of influence that happens in Atlanta and Georgia. It's amazing. It's like, don't count us out. Yeah. Count us out, yeah. That's right. That's right. Can you talk to us a little, you know, for anyone who's listening who maybe doesn't know about Matchstick, can you just kind of give us like a brief overview of what y'all do? Yeah. So we're a branding firm. So kind of the most simple way to say that is we help we help organizations define who they are, why they matter, who their audience is, why they exist, what makes them unique, different. And then we help them express that name, mm-hmm. logo, identity, tagline, visual identity, things like that. And I've read this like all over. You call it yourselves the brand identity house of the South. Can you kind of go dig into that a little bit and yeah. help us, like understand what that means? That's really dope. By yeah, the way. I love the way that sounds. Thanks. It's a little. It's a little bold. It's a little bold. <laughs> no, no slight at my friends out there who also are in branding in the South. It's like being the king of the South. You know. The, well, yeah. the idea is typically in our in our world, like when we're competing for a really big project, it's us against some hotshot firm in New York. And some shop, some shop out of LA or something or uh, Chicago. Wow. Yep. And so 
because of our focus of what we do and for doing it for 17 years and the repetition and our experience, we just feel like in the South, we are very uniquely positioned that you don't have to go to New York. You don't have to go to Chicago. You don't have to go to LA that world-class brand expertise is here in Atlanta and that that proximity matters. You know, there's a, there's a lot of big organizations that need help from a brand perspective in the South and we understand the South. We understand, you know, especially if you have an audience or consumers that are in the South, we understand that perspective more than, than someone might uh, outside right. of the South. That is amazing. So in, in, in talking about that kind of staying on brand with your company, like you were 22 when you started this thing? I don't even want to tell you where I was at 22. Seriously, man, 22. (laughs) I think I had just taken my first flight ever at 22, (laughs) which is wild. Uh, But when you think about to that time when you were kind of reflecting on this thing and and getting things running and off the ground, like what advice would you give to any young entrepreneur that, you know, that you wish that you would have known at that time when you were 22? Yeah. Well, the, the pro of doing it that young is there's almost no risk. Mm. Wow. I was literally sleeping on a friend's couch. <laughs> and I had a 1991 Hunter Green Ford Ranger. Yes. That I drove through these Atlanta mean streets like a yes. go-kart, by the way. Uh. <laughs> Potholes and all. But it was paid for. So, you know, if I... I, like I, I could do it. I, yes. I remember one of the first projects I got, it was a website, and it, and it probably took me three months to do this website. Yeah. And I got paid $1,200. Wow. But I thought, holy cow, I can live off of this You're forever. Balling, brother. You're balling. So the you know, there there's a lot of advantages for starting it young because you have you have no risk really, right. you know. Um as opposed to when you get a little bit more established, if you have a mortgage or you have kids, all of a sudden your your earning needs are much higher That's and true. it makes that leap greater. Right. With that said, you can also go and learn the ropes at other places, other agencies huh. and fast track that, that <laughs> development of your future business if that's For something sure. that's really important to you. So, you know, I think if, if you get a job at an agency, big, medium, or small, you learn things like how account management works, how project management works, things like how do you organize your files. I mean, there's just so yeah. so many basic things that you can learn if you go and do maybe a quick five-year stint somewhere wow. and then make the jump to, to do your own thing. So I think that that's kind of one thing to consider. And then the other part, the biggest part is – having a partner, Mm. having a business partner is everything because, you know, when you're going through challenging times, like I'm, I I turned 40 in May and I've been through two recessions as a business owner. Right. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You have man. Yes. Crazy. Wow. And both have been different and both have been extremely, extremely hard, but to have someone that I really trust that you're kind of in the trenches with that also has complementary skills. You know, he's not a designer. He's not a brand strategist. We have complementary skills. He's a business guy. He's more on the front end sales and kind of leads the company big picture. So our complementary skills are, are really good. And, and we are very blessed to have a great relationship after 17 years. Awesome. A lot of people, I think, get into it, maybe want to do it themselves and, or they take on a partner that is complementary in skill sets. And that's where you start to see kind of heads, but I think, that that is wild. The, the fact that you said you've gone through two recessions, I don't like thinking about the time and like you said, how old the business is. I don't think that even registered in my head. But you are one hundred percent right. What what are the things that you've learned uh, most from each one of those experiences? The Great Recession 
2008, 2009, we mm-hmm. weren't very business sophisticated, I would say. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really know how to forecast what the impact of the recession would or would not do. You know, yeah, it was, it was sure. one of those things at the time you hear on the radio or hear it on the news and you think, well, my day to day is not changing. That's like, right. is this really going to impact me? That's right. And then the phone stops ringing and, and projects do stop coming in. Mm-hmm. And, right. and if you're not ahead of it, it's really, it's, it puts you in a quick predicament. And so I'd say wow. back then we, we just weren't really sophisticated to forecast out enough how it was going to impact us or any leading indicators of, of activity really turning down. But we did, we did decide to really focus and get specialized with that first recession, Okay, which was, you know, maybe counterintuitive. It was like, let's not be graphic design to everyone, do everything, be all things to all people. Yep. What do we really love to do? Where can we make a difference and where can we make more money? And it was kind of this branding angle, this focus. And, and we would get a lot of feedback that clients loved that experience with us. We, we personally really enjoyed it. So we decided to focus then, which was interesting. And I think it was sort of a, a little bit of a, maybe a, a double bounce on a trampoline. Like it really yeah. helped us, you know, it really helped get ahead of the term branding, you know, in 2008, 2009, that was a thing, yeah. but, but it wasn't like it is now. Early, right. yeah. Early. So we kind of, we just got lucky, honestly. I, f- I mean, I feel like we were super blessed. We just got lucky to focus at that time. So we did have to get really lean and mean, and we had kind of a core group of five folks. And so the, the flexibility and being nimble at that time was really helpful. And, and those five were all like, we had great relationships. Like we all got along so well cause we were like fighting to survive. Right. Kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, there's definitely a part for me where you just have to trust that things will work out and things mm-hmm. will come together. There was one month in, in 2009, I think it was, we were really struggling. We hadn't had any projects coming in for a while. And we got an email from a guy in Kenya who was like, I read this book. You guys were in it. I want to hire you. You know, can you come to Kenya to start this? And you're like, Wait okay, <laughs> let's see here. Pump your brakes. Uh, let, me, let me guess. You're a prince, right? Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if you had mentioned you're a prince, I'd be blessed. I have to send you our check first. You'll send it back. I know this whole deal. Anyway, that wasn't the case. We ended up we ended up getting this amazing project, and we spent like 14 days in Kenya and wow. worked, worked with a an entrepreneur who was Kenyan and doing amazing things uh, with micro econ- um, oh, oh, oh micro it? loans, micro loans, micro loans, like helping small, like kind of these, yes, like anybody could give like a small yes. amount to help local. It is businesses. micro loans. Yes, wow. Um, so that, so that was just a really cool moment where I don't know. We just it just felt like we trusted and. For me, God provided, you know, yeah. it was awesome. There's a lot of faith in that yeah. too. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and then wow. most recently, man, most recently has been so hard from a leadership perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're all virtual. We're not yes. together. We, we, we were lucky to get a few big projects in March, April, May that kind of helped sustain us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our strategic work really, you know, th- those types of projects sort of dried up because organizations aren't saying like, what do we want our brand to be in three to five years? How do we want to be known? It was right. like, okay, the world is on fire. Right. Like, what do I How do, do I survive to right. next week? That's right. That's right. So, so there are parts of our business that went away, but luckily because we are pretty flexible and we have, we have team members that can do graphic design and they can do some writing or, or they can do some brand strategy and some writing. We were able to kind of be flexible and nimble and, and, you know, work through that. But the leadership part has been the hardest, you know, every everyone's kind of on a spectrum with concern to health. And we have clients that are like, Hey, can we meet in person for this? 
and you're like, oh, I really want your right. business. That's right. I really, really <laughs> want your business. But also, what? Uh, can you do it on Zoom, please? <laughs> we're in a we're in a, a panoramic. That's what a lot of people like to say. A pandulce, a, a parallelogram. A parallelogram. <laughs> All the P words. Yes. But something's happening. Yeah, so you know, managing the realities of the economics of the business yeah. and then yeah. people's needs to feel safe and cared for has been has been really hard. Right. We've sat in a lot of meetings and I, I feel like at some point the thing that I heard was none of us know what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> we are all trying our best. Yes. We're all trying to survive. And I think that's the difference, right? You have a you have a hard situation. That's one thing. But when it's a season and ongoing one and how turbulent it has been, you're like, I'm just merely trying to, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to keep my head up underwater. And so is everyone. And it almost normalizes the experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and, and as, as leaders, right, like, like you said, that we feel like, hey, no, we're kind of making it up as we go. And, and I think with you, and just based on our conversation and our interactions, it seems to me that you are a big culture guy, right? Like culture is king and queen, it feels like, based on just our interactions, which I yeah. think is incredible. And one of the hardest things to do is to keep that culture and keep that engagement going while there is Zoom. Like everything is 2D as opposed to yeah. like reaching out life, and being right? able to connect with somebody or have yeah. conversations in person. And I think that is probably one of the most, you know, I think that's the toughest thing about being in this space. If you are particularly a person that values culture as a leader. And I think, you know, again, we've, we've sat in spaces where it's like, okay, this feels odd. It feels strange. How do I keep a pulse on my people? Like, how do I make yeah. sure that you're still good? Like, are you okay? Are you struggling with, you know, having kids at home while trying to get the job done? Like, what is going on with oh, you, yeah. man? That's, yeah, that, those are other layers for sure. That's hard. And we've tried to talk a lot about on our team, like assuming the best. Yep. Yeah. Because with Zoom and being disconnected physically, yes it's much easier to tell yourself the wrong story or to tell yourself a lie right. or assume the worst That's about right. some slack interaction, you know, and uh, in, in our work, we're oftentimes reviewing things and giving feedback and sharing various opinions on creative work, you know, uh -huh. and it's super subjective. So how do you throw slack comments back and forth while still knowing that I'm, I care for you and like, I'm trying to make the work better or, you know, it's just, right. it's just more difficult to assume the best in that scenario you can assume the best often with just, you know, small talk conversation right. or nonverbal cues. That's right. right. There's, there's so much that you miss in like a, a text exchange than you right. can when you're in front of a person. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Oh, oh, well I was going to say, uh, you know, you talk a lot about leadership, you talk a lot about culture, but you know, how do your roots in Atlanta, maybe let's talk about you being here specifically, how does that dictate your leadership and the decisions that you make on a day to day basis? Yeah. I mean, I just want to be a good neighbor. You know, mm -hmm. I just want to, we, we live in a sweet little cul-de-sac neighborhood within Kirkwood. It's like a little subdivision. I joke sometimes and say, I hope this is okay. <laughs> I, I joke and say, it looks like you're a Marietta, but your car can be stolen. <laughs> Never that That's way. the realest thing I've heard today. <laughs> and in fact, our car was stolen. Wait, what? In our Marietta looking cul-de-sac <laughs> subdivision of Kirkwood a long time ago. It was oh, like man, five, speaking, five, five, speaking years from ago. personal experience. That, that's my biggest That is fear. your truth, brother. And you it was my fault. It. I left the garage door open. Uh, oh. And it was my job to shut the garage door. I didn't. And you didn't do it in the car. Next thing you know, where's the, where's the Honda CRV? 
I'm glad you can laugh at it. This is I, great. Okay, so I, I spent some time living in Kentucky during the pandemic, and um, I, I lived in what I feel is closest to a farm. I've never lived on a farm, but there was like just a bunch of land and grass, so I assume that's what a farm is like. But I got really comfortable not locking doors and not like leaving like leaving my keys in the car oh wow i did that here uh you know in i I was up like in north metro atlanta and i was like oh where are my car keys and i realized i left them in the car and i was like betsy you can't do this you're not in (laughs) kentucky anymore like Mm. i mean luckily i was my car is very beat up i don't think anybody wants it but you'd be surprised bet you'd be surprised but i was like oh (laughs) it it can be very easy oh yeah easy to, to lose your car oh yeah it's like my my laptop my bag Mm-mm. No. not leaving it in there take no, it with brother. me everywhere listen going to the dentist got my laptop that's right get my haircut laptop that's all right listen when i that's that was the thing that i had to teach some of my friends when i got here it was like they would just leave their stuff out in their car and i'm like no 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 player it doesn't matter if there is a laptop in there if it looks like there's a laptop right. in there you better you better take that in with you because you're going to come out in fact that's what happened with some of my friends we we came to a uh, like my, my guy had just come in town he was speaking or somewhere and he, he had a van because he drove a van to this place. So we went to go and have some barbecue, go enjoy ourselves. And then we come out and the windows are smashed in. Mm. And I was like, what, you know, what happened? He was like, man, they took my laptop. And I was like, dude, I'm like, could they see it? He was like, yeah, I left it right here. So brother, we got a lot to learn. We got a lot to learn out here oh, in yeah. the streets, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, so. Yeah, sorry. Back, back, back to your, your question. Hey, that was my fault. I, so I introduced the, so the Marietta and Kirkwood so concept. Yeah. I, you know, we just want to be good neighbors and um, have good community. And, and that definitely overflows into, you know, my work and, and creative mornings and trying to just foster. I, I like to instigate things, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I... I enjoy that part of my personality. And so with Creative Mornings, it was like, hey, there's not a Creative Mornings chapter in Atlanta. This is nine years ago. And I was in Chicago at a, at a big conference and went to, actually, I went to a Creative Mornings event there with a former Buckhead Church staff member, Jarrett huh? Stevens. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jarrett, yeah. Who's now in Illinois or now in Chicago, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. This, I was in Chicago yeah. visiting Look and he, okay. he texted me. <laughs> Look at that. And he was like, hey, man, you want to go to this Creative Mornings thing? Yeah, sure. And um and when we were there, there was there the the, the lady who started it, Tina Roth Eisenberg. It's a it's a global thing. Mm-hmm. The lady who started it was there, even though she's from New York, she happened to be there. And I said, Hey, I would love to do this in Atlanta. And she was like, Great, let's talk about it. And my like my heart at the time was what I said earlier, creative more or the creative community in Atlanta is so robust, but it, it's not it's not sort of on the map with these other cities where right. Creative Mornings right. chapters were. In fact, at that event they showed a map of where the Creative Mornings chapters were. There was like seven or eight at the time, and it was Chicago and Paris and London and, you know, uh, San Francisco. It was like it was like the mm-hmm. quintessential creative cities. Right. And I just like wanted that Atlanta dot on yes, there, sir. you know, like, get on that map. We deserve it. <laughs> we, we belong. We could do it. And that's right. And just decided, you know, just decided to do it. So, and, so, so that's been nine years doing that. It's a monthly lecture series mm-hmm. every month, except for December. We do take that off. But nine years... 11 events wow. per year. That's a lot. It's a lot of events, yes, but, it is. but that has really created more of a sense of the creative class in Atlanta. I think, yeah. you know, of course it goes way beyond that, but, but when four or 500 people get together a month, they see the same sort of Ted style talk, they get inspired, they connect, they bump shoulders, yeah. 
things like what Bame Joiner started with Atlantic mm-hmm. influences everything yeah. is birthed out. Not that we can take any credit for that, but but you know <laughs> he was inspired. He was inspired. He was connected. You made the assist. Yeah. Yeah. Bame, I want a royalty on those <laughs> on those shirts. <laughs> if you're hearing this, like. <laughs> so I mean, even with Creative Mornings, like we're big fans, obviously. Listen, I, I selfishly wanted you here because Creative Mornings was a huge part of my time in Atlanta. I really like it was, it's probably one like up there like top five favorite things like as wow. I've, you know look at that been here for Come seven, on, wow. seven and a half years yeah where I would just because I didn't know anyone at the time so I would cut you know I saw someone I didn't even forgot who introduced it, me to it but I would go and walk away like so inspired and uh like feel like I was a part of something and it's just been so fun to be a part of and now we I've I go with friends and I talk about it a lot maybe mm-hmm. unhealthily so but it's okay it's been a great community cool. to be a part of yeah that's awesome that's a I game changer. That. Like, but even thinking about that, like, how has COVID impacted, you know, creative mornings? Yeah, it's it's definitely been hard. I mean, it's we we prefer high fives and hugs and For sure mm-hmm. being being a little bit goofy on stage mm-hmm. and doing fun things, not taking ourselves too seriously. For sure. and there was definitely a part of the energy in the room of the collective group, you know, that that was palpable and was a big part of it. And you just sort of lose that with COVID. Fortunately, we have Zoom and we have platforms where we can at least continue to remain somewhat connected. And I think that's that's been fun. So it's definitely been new challenges. I've also really liked the creative restraints and opportunities that have been provided Mm, via doing an event on Zoom or or live stream. For for example, we pre-recorded at first when we were all in lockdown, we were live streaming it on YouTube. So there was no real Zoom interaction. But we would be able to pre-record, you know, the intro and the sponsorship shout outs and any fun little activities we were going to do. And right. the talk would be pre-recorded and we just kind of stitch it together and, and mm-hmm. it would go live. And I, ha- I always had this, uh, this idea of like, what if Zoom had a working from home filter that you could, <laughs> you could touch and it would like make all the noise and the kids disappear, Ooh. you know, and it looked like you were <laughs> just calm. My goodness. And so I'm I, in my little, one of my little intro bits, I did that. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And all it was was I was like, all right, kids, listen, here's what's gonna happen. Daddy's gonna hit play, and I want you to scream, and I want you to jump, and I want you to dance, and we're just gonna have so much fun. And actually, we put on this the song uh Who Let the Dog <laughs> So we recorded it, you know, and then yeah. and then I recorded a calm intro. Hey everybody, welcome to Creative Morning. So glad you're here. You know, don't you just love this Zoom, this parent working from home Zoom <laughs> filter? Amazing. You don't know it, but it's crazy around me right now. L- let me turn off the filter so you can see it. And then yeah, I, I touched the camera <laughs> and it was just two video clips spliced together. That's but amazing, the end bro. part was hilarious. Like my my daughter was swinging on a trampoline upside down. My my two year old at the time legitimately was crying because he didn't want to participate. <laughs> he, was like, he wasn't even acting. <laughs> so it ended up just being yeah. fun, and you know, it's just a good a good way to create something with constraints, and it it was it ended yeah. up being good. So creative mornings, you know, it definitely takes a hit. I think being virtual, but we've still maintained a community, and I think we've right. been a blessing to people that need human interaction yes. yeah. during a pandemic. And and we've been able to provide that. Man, that's fantastic. And I, I do love, I just want to highlight the the way that you even set up that a constraint is another opportunity for creativity. I think that's huge. I don't know how many of us think of that that way. We're like, oh, a roadblock. Just, I'm going to go back to sleep. It just <laughs> you know? flowed yeah. right out of them too. Right. Like it was just, here you go. This is a nugget. This is just who I am. <laughs> Take this. That's amazing. A wealth. Wealth of information. Well, you, I mean, as... You've exposed, you know, 
like at this whole community and you've been creating community, what do you see or what do you hope for, for the future of creatives in Atlanta? I think, I think Atlanta will continue to be a place that influences so much of the world from a cultural perspective. And so, you know, I think, I think that will be in the art scene. I think that'll be in the music scene. It'll be all, all film entertainment world. I think that's great. My, my hope is that, so, so there's a little bit of a shadow side to create creatives, Mm -hmm. creatives. And and I'm talking about myself. We are idealists. Hmm. We are purists. We say things like should a lot. Mm -hmm. We should on ourselves a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You said that with such confidence. I know. It makes me laugh. (laughs) That's a bumper sticker for somebody. (laughs) I'm sure. That probably exists. You can go, maybe don't do that. Someone has probably done it. That's yeah. fantastic. But but the point is, we are we see problems, and we can complain a lot, and we could say things should be different and they should change. And w- with certain forces and you know political climates happening, that filters down into our psyche and mm-hmm. our persona mm-hmm. big time for sure. And you, I just think you have a choice to either complain by creating and doing and and having more of a unified voice in a positive voice, or you can just, you can just sort of complain and let the world pass you by. So I hope that there's more of a unified voice. There's more tolerance. There's more patience. There's more action. There's, you know, there's just less of that negativity that, that filters down into that idealism that we all possess. It's a little bit of a superpower, right? It's like we, we see things that should change in the world. And then it's our responsibility to actually try to move the needle towards it. Not not just spot the problems and walk away. That's right. And I do think that social media and other, you know, other platforms, other dynamics in our life now, it's just real easy to complain. Hmm. Just real, real easy to complain. It's harder to be patient. It's harder to be really kind. It's harder to be understanding and to be curious and to want to know someone else's perspective and wow. be okay that you disagree. You yeah. know, like I just think there should be an environment where it is okay to disagree. Yes. You do not have to agree on everything. That is all right. And so I think I think some of that is bubbling up to the surface for creatives in the way that they, they view their work, the way that they view hmm. their involvement in society. And I hope that it, it comes out in a very positive, opportunistic, um, unifying way. That's... I don't even feel like I have feedback. That's just awesome. Because it, it is. Like, <laughs> you think about the Twitter fingers, right? Everybody has Twitter fingers. <laughs> Everybody has Twitter fingers. And right now, you know, like like you said, it's very easy to complain. Like, but, and, and it makes sense that because of the world we live in and the climate, that even the creatives are being impacted, which usually I, I see creatives as like, this uh, group of you, like the utopian society, right? Like you have the gifts, you have the talent, you see the, the beauty vision. in things, right? You look outside, you see branches, you're like, you know what I can do with those branches? I can take this, <laughs> I can take this, and I can make this, and I can create a whole brand out of it. But considering where we are and what we've been in, it would make sense that some of that stuff is beginning to leak. And I think my hope, as you've already uh, said, man, is that we can we could be in a space where that would change for the positive. Because I think there's a lot of power that uh, creatives in the creative community has uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and the creative community has always been part of inspiring change and influencing culture. I mean, that's that, right. That's, you just think about propaganda posters and yeah. music and poetry. Yeah. All, all of that is sort of the... 
the tangible expression of change a lot of uh-huh. times, like on the leading edge of, of change. And that's good. Like that, that's, that's right. a, that's a way to use your superpowers for good. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say anything else. That's good. <laughs> Too much. That's so good. Too much. Ooh, I, I feel like you have been a wealth of information, Blake, but yes, we are going to take you in a different direction and put you on the spot for a little bit for what we love to call our next segment Yay or nay for the A. Yay or nay for the A, baby. T. Yes. Hit him with what he's about to walk. So in. you're walking into this. So this is something that we do with all of our guests. And uh, we're going to provide you with two choices. One, you will yay. The other, you will nay. So mm, for example, super complex. It's, it's, you know, let's go with Chastain Park or the Tabernacle. Woo. I... All right, so I love Chastain. Yeah. Go up there with a little dinner, pre-COVID yeah. era. Yeah. Oh, that's right. See some shows, some live music, Come nice, on. quiet, intimate setting, but I got an A because Tabernacle. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come Fun on. fact, we created the logo for the Tabernacle about... Oh. 15 years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> You're like so some people might judge us for that, but, <laughs> but, but we did. 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 Listen, so I got a yay, the tabernacle. Listen, man, you're part of history. You, I was going to say, you're ingrained in the city Like of facts. It's true. Like, the tabernacle is such a wonderful venue, though. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've seen my favorite show ever at the tabernacle. Well, it's probably two now. One would be The Roots. The Roots, they always slay it. But then the last one was Dave Chappelle. Oh. Wow! Yeah, so like the sticks and stones that ends up ended up on Netflix. That was the tabernacle. That was at the tabernacle. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. cool. All right, all right, all right. Next up, <clears throat> Piedmont Park or Centennial Ooh. Park. Well, can I choose a different park? Go for it. It's, your, it's break, your world, can brother. Can I break it? It's your world, brother. Go ahead. Shout out to Kirkwood, Ooh. Bessie Branham Park. Okay. It's my yay. Yes, sir. And I would have to, I mean, if I had to choose from yours, I would say Centennial because I like those fountains and my kids those do too. fountains are nice. Yeah. You can't beat any park though. I like all parks. I, I, I love that you brought up parks because last time we learned that there are 435 yes. parks in Atlanta. Come on, Atlanta. Insane number. Yeah. It's a lot of greenery. It is. Greenery. So you have many parks to choose from that are not Centennial or Piedmont. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love Piedmont. I just don't go there much. It's just, you know, it's you hard know, to find parking. Convenient. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to find parking. It is hard to find parking. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead. Go. This one, I just passed by this the other day, but American Deli. Or Jr. Cricket. <laughs> hey, lemon pepper wet, baby. <laughs> I, wish, I wish you could see Blake's face right now. Wow. I don't know if I can yay either of those. I would have to yay American Deli because I have been there more. Yes. But it has been a while oh since gosh. I've been to American Deli. Wow. What did, I, what did now, you order? What did you order yeah, we have, when you did what's American Deli? Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. The... Probably a cheeseburger, like you know the um, American. I don't know. <laughs> what do they have there? Wings. wings. <laughs> They're <not> for wings. <laughs> it's okay. We don't judge. We don't yeah, judge. Yeah, it's yeah. I like the JR Cricket's logo, though. I like you know. Uh, yeah, the crickets. It's, it's nostalgic. I it's worked nice. there for a little while. Oh. The tavern at JR Cricket's back in the day as a bartender. Oh. Yeah. Fun fact. Did not know that. Woo! Go ahead, Bets. Shoot, shoot right. some more. You got kids, so we're gonna we're gonna do a kid friendly one. Oh, that's nice. Okay, that's really nice. Right. Uh, High Museum or the Georgia Aquarium? Ooh, mm. both good, both yeah, solid. Seriously, 
I'm going to have to go the aquarium yes. because of the kids Respect. popping up our head in the little penguin exhibit. Respect. Yeah, okay. that's the go-to. So I was there a few days ago. I was doing a little... All uh, Things Atlanta. Nostal- yeah, All Things Atlanta, <laughs> nostalgia tour. And they boarded up. You can't pop it. You Like, you can't pop up in the penguins anywhere. You can only view them from a distance. Oh, stupid COVID. Stupid yeah. COVID. Did Gosh. The pe- Maybe they could put masks on the penguins and still let you <laughs> pop up. I wish. A penguin with a little mask? Well, you could do that. That's great. I mean, that's great, like, branding for penguins. Yeah. Like. It's a great logo, actually. Right? I'm just saying, you know. Georgia hey, Aquarium. Hey, I will say I love the high also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the high. I have We have not taken our kids there, but date nights, all about mm-hmm. the high. The high is really nice. Mm-hmm. I love the little music thing they do on certain days. I forget what it was. Like, back in the day. Yeah, they oh, do. Yeah. They do, like, a... What do they call it? Martini night or something? Something like that. Yeah, jazz and something. Yeah, Friday yeah, night yeah. Or it something. was real smooth. Yeah. Real, real smooth. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's the, this will be the last one. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> All right. Both of these are Atlanta staples. So we're just going to go with it. Waffle House or Moe's? Ooh. Is Moe's an Atlanta staple? Moe's was founded right here in Atlanta. That I never knew. Yeah. Look at that. Moe's. Uh, I got to say n- nay. <laughs> To Moe's. <laughs> no disrespect. And I got to say yay to, Shout out to the, the waffle house. plus the bacon, egg, and cheese Ooh. Mm, sandwich. That's the go-to. Is it? Yeah. I've never had that. Listen. You've never had the bacon, egg, and I've cheese? I've never had it at Waffle House. When I go to Waffle House, I am eating the grilled chicken. Brother, chicken. Listen, I'm telling you, you would not <laughs> imagine it. Did you it say chicken? Ch- the grilled chicken. At Waffle House. At Waffle House. With the waffle, though. You get the waffle. Oh, oh but yeah, you don't yeah, do fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you get it. It's like a platter. And it's delicious. Does it come with a side salad? No, no, no. It comes with grits. He's crushing it. Side salad. It comes with grits. Corn. Back, we're back to corn. Yeah. It comes with grits. And it is delicious. For real. Like, like oh. I feel judged right now. The judgment in the room from everybody I, looking at me. Why would you go just, to Waffle House for grilled chicken? Bro, listen. <laughs> There's so many I other swear, places that you could go. I swear to you. You judge me until you tasted it. It is delicious. I don't know what they do to it. They sprinkle a little Butter. crack on it. Whatever, whatever they do to it, it is amazing. Everybody, you should go get the grilled Sorry, chicken. My waffle house order is a cheesesteak sandwich because I can't eat breakfast. I, you just judge me. I know. And you eat a cheesesteak at the Waffle House. I, there's like a lunch side menu or did, dinner did side menu. Did you say you don't do breakfast? I, I, don't, I don't know. My body doesn't love breakfast. <laughs> I, oh. it, am I, I get hungry at noon, so I'm like, I'm not going to eat eggs. <laughs> so like, brunch was made for me, but not because in the basic way, but it was really like, I just cannot do breakfast. So Waffle House was always hard. I get hungry at noon. I That's another shirt. Noon. That's that a might, shirt. That's a bumper sticker. I need to go to, I might need to go to a doctor, but it's fine. <laughs> Anyways. I could eat breakfast all day long, any day, all day. I get hungry one minute after I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think it might be a problem, but I, I think it's not. I so good. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. All right, well, we love to, we'll end with this question, like, and then we'll kind of give you a chance to shout out uh, some things that how to get in touch with you. But what is something that you would recommend to try out, visit, or do in Atlanta? Mm. You know, a hidden gem, it sounds weird. Like the chicken at the Waffle House. It sounds like the chicken at the Waffle House. (laughs) Real chicken at Waffle House. (laughs) So you got to go with it. Oakland Cemetery. (laughs) We've heard that. Really? Yes, we did. We had our guest Andy Alamani say like that was his favorite place. We were like, oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) That's what he's beautiful. And I'm a little bit of a history nerd, and so he was too. There is. Oh man, who is this guy? (laughs) 
we'll connect you with him. His name's Certainly. Andy. Yeah, hey, actually, Sheffield kind of mentioned Oakland Cemetery too. That's right. Too. Uh, people really love Oakland Cemetery. 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 <laughs> this is an unofficial sponsor. We're unofficial sponsors for the Oakland Cemetery. <laughs> There's fields. So my office is right across the street. So, you know, when, when you want to go eat lunch somewhere, you just go take it over there. And it was nice and sunny. And But it's a little weird because you're in a cemetery. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, oh, let me take my lunch next door to the cemetery. Go eat at the graveyard. <laughs> this, is, this is hilarious. This is, we don't want to shame you. We don't want to shame you. This is your choice. Like, oh, can God. I give you another, yeah. another hidden? Yeah. Now, yeah. this isn't like city proper. It's a little north. Okay. But in Dunwoody, Island Ford Park. Huh. Right on the Chattahoochee, it is the coolest, most legit in-town hiking area. Oh, that's amazing. I don't think I ever heard of that. Know, it is so awesome. We okay. take our kids there, so it's an easy hike. It's very yeah. flat right next to the river, but there's these huge rocks, and there's caves, and the kids climb Man. in, and little offshoots of the Chattahoochee so that you can play kind of in the water. It's beautiful. That's and it's amazing. And Dunwoody. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Who would have known? Yeah. This place, yeah. Island Ford. This place continues to surprise me. Right. Like, yeah. My gosh. You drive in the city and you're like, oh, I'm in the city, but uh, now I'm in Buckhead and there's these trees. Now yeah. I'm in John Weedy and I can go on a hike. Like, yeah. Now you, I've been transported to an evergreen fort. And you can go to Island Ford and you can be a junior park ranger if you want. You can study <laughs> and take incredible. the little test. Shout out to Banner Howard, seven-year-old junior ranger. Come on, Look man. out. Aww. If he's on the path with you, better not Come on, Banner. I love it. Junior park ranger. <laughs> That's amazing. Is there an age cap? On being That's a junior a Not that I'm aware of. Oh my gosh, well, guys. Maybe I do we this. should do that. <laughs> it's it's a really hard test. There is a coloring book component. Oh wow. <laughs> and you have to circle the goose. Oh gosh. You have to, you know, find the fish. Oh goodness. Very high. high equilibrium is the more you talk about this, the more I feel like that there is an age limit. But <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Let's All right. Well, discourage. Blake, thank you so much for Seriously, being here. But before you go, we would love for you to be able to shout out any socials for people to connect with you or any ways people can get connected to Creative Mornings. This, this is your time. You tell people, you okay. give us an opportunity to connect with you. Come yeah. Uh, Blake Howard on Instagram is a good way to keep up with me. You can also go to matchstick.com. That's our company website. I did just start a, a podcast. We're in season one. It's called A Change of Brand. It is kind of telling some of the world's most interesting rebrand stories. Wow. So big consumer brands. Uh, season one so far, we've had Duncan when they dropped the donuts. Oh, yeah. That's big right. deal. Yeah, I've noticed that. Atlanta local MailChimp rebranded. Oh. That's in there. Dropbox, GoDaddy, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Wow. ACLU was an episode that launched this past week. So it's it's been really fun interviewing people that were sort of firsthand experience leading yeah. the change. And there's a lot of psychology there's a lot of drama there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of art and design it, so it's kind of a you know retelling those stories a mixture of those things well, that's amazing. a podcast for everything Gosh. all right and that can be found on the place where all podcasts all the, are found. All the, all the podcasts, podcasts. A, change a change of brand, brand. come on oh, like <laughs> <laughs> that might be the new jingle can i get that sound clip <laughs> yeah, yeah, new jingle. come on hey. <laughs> we can figure it out a change of brand <laughs> well thank you so much Blake. Thanks so much for checking out the For Atlanta podcast. We hope that today that you learned and love Atlanta a little bit more than you did the day before. And if you have any stories, people, recommendations for us on how to love our city, more, uh, please slide in those DMs at Buckhead Church. And of course, we invite you to check out our podcast on all platforms that podcasts are offered. Thank you.